What's up, Marvelites, and welcome to a brand new episode of the MCU Exchange Podcast. My name is Aaron. I'll be your host for this episode. Alongside me is Charles. What's up? And Joe. Hello. Episode 30 on the way. I just want to give a shout out to our loyal listeners over at YouTube, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Guys, we couldn't do this without you. You know, we reached 30 episodes. This is amazing. And also, yes. you can also follow us on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash Exchange for all the MCU goodness. And also, head over to our website for all the reviews for Ages of Fuel episodes and different MCU news. Well, let's get right to the rundown of the latest Marvel Cinematic Universe happenings all over the world. First up, big news here, guys, for the Hawkeye Disney Plus show. In an exclusive report from the Illuminati, they reported that Haley Steinfeld has now signed on to join the cast in Hawkeye as Kate Bishop, a co-lead character alongside Jeremy Renner's titular Archer. Moreover, production of Hawkeye is supposedly starting this October in Atlanta. On top of that, another casting call has emerged for the same Hawkeye series and and for the same from the same source as well, from the Illuminati. They've had a casting list for Hawkeye, which is now currently casting for the role with the following description. His name is Eric. He's an Eastern European male in between the age of 20s to early 30s. And he will somewhat appear in four to five episodes. Now, not much is known about this character, but he's potentially the main villain of Disney Plus series. Joe, what do, you, what do you think about this news? Haley Steinfeld finally on board for the Hawkeye Disney Plus series. But apparently, this is only a rumor at this point. But, you know, it's a rumor or whatever. What do you think mm-hmm. about Steinfeld joining the MCU? Uh, I think it would be... Uh, she's a gr- uh, great actress. I, I really loved her in uh, Edge of Seventeen and in Bumblebee. So I would I'm always been a big fan of her joining the MCU at some point. Uh, you know, there is the question of exactly how, you know, how it's weird because I don't have much experience with Kate Bishop. So I don't know if she's the perfect casting for this character. Mm -hmm. I think she would probably give a great performance. Could be a very fun character playing off a Jeremy Renner, um, who I think gave us like this very sarcastic version of the character. And that would be a lot of fun to see these two play off of each other. Yeah. And also what do you think about, this mystery character that's been rumored to join the series, you know, I don't know if it's the villain or maybe a a protagonist as well. What do you think of this Eastern European actor? I think the casting for the clown is a, is a cool concept because he's not like your, your typical major superhero, superpowered villain, but fitting for a character like Hawkeye, he's more of a down to earth, a mafia hitman kind of character. And I think the story is going to try to be a bit more, down to earth let's say i I think they're going for a direction to be more distinctive about the big superpowered threats the more ground level threats and then you know galactic so it's an exciting prospect to see this character uh here especially because i think for many that were a huge fan of the matt fraction run he certainly left an impact for how cruel he was so it'll be interesting to see if a show on disney plus will also embrace those darker aspects uh, Charles, how about you? What do you think about the uh, Steinfeld casting, Steinfeld rumored casting, and also um, the clown character, and how will how will it affect Clint moving forward in the MCU, and also Kate Bishop? Uh, the Steinfeld stuff is obviously very intriguing because it hasn't been confirmed anywhere, and for the most part, it was uh, the Illuminati uh, ran that based on the grid, which grids aren't exactly as, as solid as they were, but. Could be the case. Um, Conrad says it happened. I've I've heard otherwise that it's 
it's not exactly the case. So it's going to be a matter of we'll see. We'll see in a couple of months if they announce it or not. Um, it, it's unfortunate because I like Steinfeld. Um, when I, I'm currently reading the the Fraction Hawkeye run, and anytime I see Kate Bishop on the page, like I'm thinking of Steinfeld. I'm thinking, oh, I'm I'm imagining Steinfeld saying these lines, and I'm imagining that dynamic with Jeremy Renner. So if she doesn't end up being Hawkeye, I I'll be bummed. So I'm I'm kind of counting that she is Hawkeye. Uh, as for the the clown casting, uh, Joe was right. Uh, the clown character is a very I guess very brutal, very unforgiving mafia type character. He's a hitman for the most part. Um, he isn't. Um, he's not synonymous with Hawkeye as a character. Uh, the mm-hmm. clown made an appearance strictly in this book with a with a fraction run. So it's not an iconic role. But it makes sense for the very, very grounded story they might tell because for all we know, the, the show is based on the Fraction Run and, you know, we might see Jeremy Renner and whoever Kate Bishop is hang out in, in an apartment and they fight off neighborhood goons and, you know, the clown as a mafia dude makes sense as the bad guy. You know, Clint isn't going to save the world, save the city from, from, from exposure or anything. He just have to say he just has to save his building. So a character like mm. the clown makes sense, and I, I I can't wait how they approach this sort of crime um, aspect of the MCU because it, it, the films haven't necessarily touched on the the ground level of of of, mm. of society with the, with the with the local crimes and whatnot. So I am excited that they might go with this route with the clown. I, I just realized something. Uh, I think there's also the rumor that uh, his um, Hawkeye's brother's in it. Yeah, and they both shot. have ties to the circus. So what if they just use this circus-themed character and connect them to uh, that character? So they kind of just combine that. So he's still the the a hitman, but that leads him back to his own brother. Yeah, yeah. could be a more personal story. And also, we reported back then in the exchange that you know the tracksuit mafia is appearing in some way. Are, is this related mm-hmm. to the, the clown or? Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the clown is the 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 their number one hitman. That's oh. the person they hire to to I guess destroy whatever clan is up to. Whatever the case, guys. You know, hopefully we'll soon uh, hear official announcement and uh, casting additions, also character additions for this show. Because this is one of the most anticipated MCU show because it will dive deep into Clint Barton's history. Moving on to the next news, we have Captain Marvel 2 news and sort of Miss Marvel in a mix. Okay, According to the direct, Miss Marvel will appear in the sequel to Captain Marvel, which is set to be released on July 8, 2022. It is said that her appearance will be a supporting role and a Captain Marvel sequel will also include many important MCU characters with the film being described as a mini Avengers film, much like Captain America Civil War. Charles, mm-hmm. what do you think of this? I, I, know, I know it makes sense in a way that Miss Marvel is appearing and Captain Marvel too, but the other Avengers appearing as well, do you think that they will lean towards Secret Invasion or do you think that another, another Civil War is in the works in some form? Uh, well, mm-hmm. I hope it's a Secret Invasion kind of thing. Um, uh, we've, we've been hearing this for quite some time now that the, the movie is, is going to be like a big um, phase four, phase five, whatever event that's gonna yeah. that's gonna result in a lot of um, superhero appearances. Secret Invasion seems like the perfect uh, vehicle for for such a team up. Uh, I'm glad they're not the heroes are not fighting each other for for this like civil war. I'm glad they're fighting a bigger threat. I am curious how they're gonna sort of 
juggle it. We've also heard for in the, in the past couple of months that Disney Plus is eyeing to do some like a sword series that might tie into this in yeah. a secret mm-hmm. invasion uh, series that again ties into this. So uh, with with this in mind, it's it's looking likely that this might be the this will be the first um, MCU event that will require some TV viewing. Um, it's all all these threads are going to connect in, in in big ways. And having Kamala Khan makes sense over there. Having maybe Spider Man, maybe Doctor Strange, and whatnot makes sense because the, the Secret Invasion is a massive um, Marvel wide story. So if, if they do a Secret Invasion with just Carol and no one else, that would be weird. <laughs> yeah, super mm. weird. And you know, it's going to be interesting because this has the potential to change the landscape again of the MCU, much like Winter Soldier did, much like Civil War did. In the past phases, and it's very exciting. Joe, what about you? Are you concerned that that Captain Marvel sequel, because you know, back in the past, Captain Captain America three features a lot of Avengers because of the Civil War, and now, right off the bat, the next movie after the first debut film of Captain Marvel, they will feature a plethora of many characters. Are you concerned with that massive scope of characters in the, in this upcoming film, or are you? Are you okay with that? Because you know you trust Marvel Studios because they they know what they're doing. I want to know who's going to be directing it. Uh, I think that'll play a, a key role uh, in how well they can balance these characters. Because like the Russo brothers had an experience with an ensemble cast. Yes, it was on TV, but there was an experience there, and they built it up to that moment. Captain Marvel is such. The thing with Captain Marvel is I think she faces similar issues that Superman does. Is that her as a character being as overpowered as she is what kind of story can you tell? You know, you can't really have anyone defeat her. That's why I think in the first film, they went for the storyline of she hasn't uncovered her full potential yet as a segue to say, oh, you know, she's not as powerful yet, but she will be. And then for the climax. And now she technically is extremely powerful. I mean, she literally headbutted Thanos. What do you do with that character? And I think the secret invasion aspect is a smart idea because, first of all, it connects her back to Earth with the uh, with the the scrolls. And the question will be: Is how will like we know that scrolls of the scrolls we've met are good? So are we going to meet an entire evil faction of them? How will that interlink? Will maybe the secret invasion is the Kree coming back to kind of point the fingers and make the scroll look bad? So we don't know how that's going to be. Yeah. But I think challenging Captain Marvel on a more emotional level rather than a physical one is a, a, good, a smart idea. And with the supporting cast, it can kind of round out her character because we got her in the 90s, so she has a connection with Nick Fury. She had a little bit of you know screen time in, in, in Endgame, but not much to really get a feeling of how does she interact with everyone. And I think it would be, to instead of her... Like, I think a big problem is that she is a bit snarky as a character. So, so you know, and she's super powered too. So how who's going to put her down? So seeing how people work together, maybe it's going to be a story of her, like, working alone, wanting to work alone, to learn to work with a team to kind of also ease her into working for the Avengers as an official member on Earth. There's a lot of potential here. And I think with the tie-ins, they can also round out the story very effectively. But I really want to know who are they going to get to direct this film because... It's not easy to balance that. I mean, it's still a miracle that Endgame and Infinity War had the cast that they did. Yeah, and uh, there's also a possibility because, you know, there are many Avengers involved in this. And uh, 
we don't know yet when Avengers 5 will premiere, but there's also mm. a possibility that they can shoot back to back like they did with Infinity War and Endgame because they have that amount of characters. Why not take advantage of it in a way? I, I even wonder if we're going to get an Avengers film uh, as we know it, because to be honest, I feel like they're going for the Young Avengers concept. So they're going to introduce new teams like New Avengers, Young Avengers, and have these big like team up storylines be part of the existing franchises. Yeah. Because just they tested it out with Civil War. Yeah, and it's a massive success. Just to follow up, Charles, I just want to ask you something. Because Kamala Khan is here, and you know, back in Civil War, Tony Stark and Peter Parker has that mentorship dynamic. Do you think that Kamala Khan and Captain Marvel will have that similar type of dynamic here in Captain Marvel? Or Captain Marvel 2? Well, it'd be, a su- it'd be such a missed opportunity if they don't. Um, yeah. Imagine mm. having finally these two characters intersect in a movie, and you don't even make them meet, even though one has the other's name as a tribute, as a as a way of respect. So there, I mean, I think it's I think it's even going to be more um, endearing than Tony and Peter, because mm-hmm. uh, Carol isn't as as she's not as. She's snarky, but she's not snarky as Iron Man. Like when, when Peter gives him a hug in the in the car, Tony <laughs> makes a joke out of it and makes it weird and don't hug me. But yeah. I, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure um, Carol Danvers is going to be more warm, more loving towards Kamala. So it's going to be a lot sweeter. I could see this mm. being, like I said, a lot more endearing and more, and more charming than simply Tony and Peter. Yeah. No. Joe, how about you? What, what, what do you think of that dynamic, future dynamic? Uh, I, I'm excited. Um, I think we're entering this legacy era, uh, you know, which was kind of started with Ant-Man. And I'm really excited, like, especially all for the last news with Kate Bishop and seeing, I think, Captain Marvel, seeing a fan pretty much grow into her own character, paying tribute to her, could give her a really good uh, character moment as well, a very soft and kindness that we haven't, that we that was teased quite a bit that wasn't in the forefront of her character. And it could also give her a, a quasi-personal stake in the story, uh, why she gets into it, trying to protect her and stuff like that. And I, I agree with Charles. You know, she's not she's not Tony. She's not going to yeah. be constantly making quips. But it, it kind of would be fun to just see her, I don't know, sh- shed that shield she put up uh, fighting in space for all these years and seeing what she leaves behind on Earth. It, it's it'll be interesting, especially with uh, Rodriguez, uh, uh, Rodriguez, uh, Monica Rambeau returning yeah. uh, as an adult now too. So we're gonna. Ha- I think they're building up a lot of elements to ground her character to be like that interlink between space and Earth again. Yeah, and one way, one potential way for it to be uh, have a huge difference between Tony Stark and Peter Parker is that during civil during Civil War, Tony approached Peter while. Maybe in Captain Marvel 2, Kamala is the one who approached Carol. Whatever the case, big news for Captain Marvel 2. I think this is going to be a, one heck of a film. Two years from now, July 2022. All right, next up on the news, another MCU film, Thor Love and Thunder. In a report from Murphy's Multiverse, uh, Natalie Portman had an interview with tennis star Serena Williams about the new National Women's Soccer League team they co-own competing in L.A. During this interview, the topic turned to Portman's role as Jane Foster in the upcoming Thor sequel. 
While filming hasn't started on Toro Love and Thunder, Portman said that it gives her more time to, you know, to get Jack and to you know, get that. She emphasized how much she'll be getting in shape, mentioning that she has got the carbo loading down but not the like, exercise. But the very news for this is that shooting for Toro Love and Thunder will begin next year in Australia at the beginning of mm-hmm. next year. So this is very exciting because, you know, Toro Love and Thunder is about to premiere in 2022. Uh, Joe, what do you think... Um, you know, J- Jane Foster returning and all the storylines and Taika Waititi teasing that the script is going to be bonkers crazy. What are your expectations for Troll Love and Thunder? I don't, it's probably going to be a very high-flying concept. I want to see him build on what he already established with Ragnarok. It, it, there's so much he can do. And Taika Waititi, his humor and everything left quite an imprint on the character. And I hope to continue this. And I'm, I'm very curious about... You know, how a lot of these different storylines are potentially going to interlink because, you know, we have Jane Foster, we have Thor, we have whoever Christian Bale is playing. We have then also, you know, um, thank you, Valkyrie. (laughs) Did not get in my head. You have Valkyrie. And those are just the characters we know of. And, you know, there's probably thousands of rumors right now about, you know, which direction could it go? There was the the joke line where he said it's going to have romance in it. it, it it'll be really interesting. Uh, I'm really curious where they're going. And it's an exciting prospect. I think this is something that a lot of people just assumed was not going to happen. It's, you know, the end of, of Endgame, there's nothing to look forward to. But now it feels like Marvel with every year, especially since the they, from a business standpoint, are now under Disney directly rather than under Marvel through Ike Perlmutter, they're really embracing the craziness, the zaniness of the comics and are making use of that. And I think Thor Love and Thunder will be hopefully a, a huge testament to this creative freedom that they're trying to live right now. And also to evolve the Thor character in more ways than one again. Yeah. <laughs> again. Yeah. Charles, how about you? What are your expectations, you know, with production coming soon for Thor Love and Thunder? What are your expectations for this much-anticipated sequel? Well, like, I can only say one thing to them making such a prediction that they're going to be able to film in 2020, 2021 January. Good luck. I mean, all this yeah. is happening. I hope you, you, you get to either they, I mean, aren't they, didn't they resume filming for Shang-Chi? I've seen some, like, IG posts from the, from the, from the actors that they're yeah. back in Australia. Yeah. So getting tested in. Yeah, getting tested. So cool. Those protocols. Things, like, yeah, it looks like uh, everything's at least gonna be back to normal there. Um, but yeah, as always, you know, you know how, how things can go. Uh, this thing can shift in a week. Something can happen in a week, and then that January twenty twenty one date could fucking go away. So I mean, that that's all I can say about Portman making this prediction. Good luck. Um, yeah. That's it for me. Yep. Whatever the case, you know, you know, production delays are like becoming the new normal for Hollywood right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, but, but Portman is very optimistic about that shooting date, and I think that they will uh, look, they will look at the progress of Shang Chi first before they even start filming next year, and and they will assess the troubles, the problems, and the health protocols that were that were implemented in that Shang Chi film. And who knows. What that might be. <laughs> Next up on the news, another another MCU news, guys. So many MCU movie news here for Spider-Man Three. As expected, as reported by uh, Deadline, it was reported that Tony Revolori would now be represented by WME. But on top of that, he will be he will be returning 
for the third installment of the Spider-Man franchise in the MCU. Well, this is expected. Yes, of course, mm-hmm. because uh, so many lingering storylines surrounding Flash Thompson during Far From Home, you know, that uh, being neglected by parents and you know, a troubled home concept. Joe, who do you think will, uh, aside from Flash, do you think that other characters will return, like side characters, and Peter's classmates? Because, you know, as we all know, Peter's on the run currently, right? Yeah. So do you th- who do you think will uh, has the high chance of returning aside from Flash and you know Aunt May, MJ? Maybe um, you know, definitely Ned. Ned yeah. is, is most likely going to be uh, Ned, Michelle, are, I think are like the shoe wins anyway, and and they're not going to let go of an actress like Zendaya, who's right now like in a in a rising star. Uh, the only thing is, I could see, but. Uh, I always forget the name of the character. The one who looks like Gwen Stacy. Betty Brandt. Betty, yeah. Betty Brandt. That was his Andrew, Andrew and Rice. Yeah. Who, I, I still can't believe she's not Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Um, I, I could see her uh, her return with her co-host from that little show. Like, I could see, like, the opening be a tribute to the second one where they talk about that Spider-Man is Peter Parker in their school. We see a lot of the students that we've met, even the one kid who was, like, didn't get affected by the snap and or the blip but i don't think we're gonna get a lot of them i think they're gonna be like show up at the beginning everyone discussing at school oh my god spider-man peter parker is (laughs) spider-man yeah and then it kind of becomes about peter on the run and i could see like them have small cameos to help him because they are his friends and and i think i the thing is is that this is such an exciting prospect for a character like like uh, Spider-Man. He's on the run. We're going to his pretty much what the status quo of Spider-Man is. He's hated, but New York people love him. So I think we're going to see a lot of people like shelter him, keep him safe, protect him to kind of build up this bond that he has with New York City. And I really hope that this third film becomes the epitome of all the cliches they tried to avoid in the last two films, that it comes together here to establish Spider-Man in New York City and the city and these people and his friends helping him. But I think the main focus should remain. I, I don't think they should like switch between, oh, what's happening to the kids? They should focus on Spider-Man and him bumping into them across his journey uh, again, or fight against whatever villain he will face. Yeah, and also they, it has the potential to, they could potentially be in danger as well because they're Peter's friends. Yeah. And whoever the villain is, maybe Craven the Hunter or who else, might be targeting them in True, that yeah. film. Yeah. God, I hope Charles- it's Craven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I really wanted to be Craven. <laughs> Charles, how about you? Uh, aside from Flash, who, do, who, which supporting characters do you want to see return in Spider-Man Three? Well, I want to see um, what's the fuck's his name? The teacher, Martin Starr. Oh yeah. Oh I've yeah. Always, I've always found him just super funny and jb smooth i like how they were fighting over whether it was a power what were they fighting when mysterious showed mysterious showed up in london they were like fighting whether it was a power ranger or some shit power ranger of voltron yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I i hope that jb smooth and the teacher um mark the star is there as for the classmates i i am very curious how this is gonna turn out because peter can't probably won't be able to go back to school yeah. When all, mm-hmm. all these things are happening, especially when something as huge as his identity getting outed happens. So 
I wonder if, if he, he's even going to be able to resume classes normally where he's going to hang out with all his classmates. For sure, mm. um, uh, Ned is there. I wonder if Betty's there. I wonder if... Um, who else are his classmates that um, are, are in the show? Uh, Remy? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Remy, yeah. Yeah, the Asian kid. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I am mostly curious how they're going to fit in with, with this such with such a big um, Spider-Man story, but... Yeah, I'm 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 mostly excited to see the teachers back because the teachers have been one of the biggest sources of laughs in both Homecoming. Oh, yeah. I hope they I hope they return. Obviously, Ned's gonna come back. Um, I wonder if Flash even has a big role. Maybe Flash mm-hmm. Flash becomes even smaller with such with such a with such a personal Spider-Man story. But we'll see. And you know, Flash is rich. Flash is a rich kid, so maybe he has resources to help out Peter in some form. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, he figures out Peter's the one who destroyed his car. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I can't wait. And his his idol, this Spider Man. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> But I could see I could see one possibility that you know whoever the villain is, Craven. <laughs> I I hope that you know <laughs> he, he somewhat uh take hostage of the school in some form, like to 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 draw Peter out. Okay, I got your classmates. Come on. Oh yeah. Check them. Yeah, that would be like the opening scene or the middle of the film. I don't know how, but who knows? <laughs> And with Spider-Man uh, releasing on December of next year, maybe we they can tweak the script a little, uh, tweak the script a little bit of you know adapting a Christmas storyline some sort. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of feel like that was the plan to some degree. Let's now move on to. The next segment of the show, it's the Shield Season Pass. Yay! <laughs> Agents of Shield Season Pass. This is episode 10. We are two weeks away from the finale. Technically three Ooh. episodes away, but yeah, has a two-hour season finale. It's the No Fit Show. Oh, sorry. Agents of Shield Season 7, <laughs> episode 10. All right. Titled Stolen. Okay. Joe, this is a, this is a very, you know... A, A unique episode because finally the whole mm. team is complete and doing missions, and they are now tackling the inhuman, inhuman storyline once again. And I do believe that dr- during the season finale we will see a inhuman war of some sorts, right? Like an mm. army. I don't know how. I guess it, it, because M- Melinda May, the, the actress that plays Melinda May, mentioned that it is CGI heavy, so we will see like different powers, right? Around that episode, okay, let's get right to it. This episode is uh, they went back to Afterlife to deal with the Daniel Malik villain storyline, and there's 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 a touching tribute to uh, how Jaying is uh, doesn't know yet that her daughter is Daisy. You know, if, mm-hmm. if if you place yourself in that position, that you know your mother is there, but you can't tell her that your 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 daughter that that brings a lot of emotions, right? What do you think of that scene? You know, in that first meeting between these two family members. Uh, it was it was a great moment. I mean, you know, the anyone thinking back at how long ago that entire storyline was and how heavy it was because we got you know the reveal of who Daisy is. We it was a build up to. You know her powers. Why does she have these abilities? 
and you know what happened to Jia Ying, and it was a great and very heartfelt storyline at the time. And just seeing them meet again, but this is a different person who pretty much has a daughter who a sister Daisy never knew about. It was a very heart heartfelt scene, and I like that they took the time to just give them a moment. And I think that was a fantastic choice. Yeah. And uh, it's very heartbreaking, you know, which is moving to the spoiled territory here, because once Jia Ying found out that Daisy is her daughter, Atanya Malik killed him, killed her. Mm-hmm. That's really heartbreaking. And we also see how Quake's power is now back to normal. Like, because, you know, in the past few episodes, because... Uh, her power's wonky because Nathaniel Malik yeah. uh, obtained it in a way. Then now we're seeing it in full extent. Wow, he almost she almost destroyed the lighthouse. Oh my God, <laughs> right? She could have. Uh, it was great to see the the return of like the thing with Quake and her abilities. I think to some degree is it's a little corny every time they call it call the actual action of it a Quake. Yeah, because you know it, it's a little strange because technically her powers is not just sending shockwaves out of her hands; it's shaking the earth itself. So it was good to see that ability back to what it originally was. Yep. And moving on to you know the very very touching tribute of this episode to uh, actor Bill Paxton's uh, actor Bill Paxton because you know the character that he portrayed during season one is mm-hmm. uh, is back. Uh, in the form of his son, John Paxton, right? That that that's a very yeah. touching tribute, and he has he he had the looks, he had the the moves in a way, <laughs> the acting chops, and I, I love it. Uh, maybe it, it it might be over the top for for some who who is not really familiar with the character, but seeing it, uh, seeing a younger version of that John Garrett during the early season. Is uh, it's a huge uh, throwback to the first season. What do you think about mm. that tribute show? I uh, loved it. Uh, he plays a role extremely corny. It's you know he looks like his fa- like a younger version of his father. He has those 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 actions down the the shit eating grin. Uh, so it was it was a perfect way to bring back the character to pretty much kind of close out an element from season one. I'm, I'm curious if we will see Ward in some capacity as well and, and bring these elements together as they did. And it's, it's a really exciting aspect. Uh, he does a great job. It's a great tribute. And I, I love just Coulson up, ah, bringing back our greatest hits. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that line. Much. I'm going to point it out later. Right? <laughs> I love that line. And then, you know, funny thing, Joe, during season one, uh, Bill Paxton's character is, you know, his name is, his code name, sort of, is Clairvoyant, mm. right? Clairvoyant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And oh, now, yeah. And now seeing this particular scene that, you know, see, the, this character, this younger John Garrett character seeing the future kind of gives that <laughs> reason, like, strong evidence that he's really the Clairvoyant now, <laughs> in a way. Right? That is actually, you know, I didn't even think about that. I'm kind of sad the show didn't make the joke. Where he's like, I am clairvoyant now. And then Chris Coulson goes, oh, great. We're starting with this again. That, yeah, actually, that's a pretty cool callback to justify probably the weakest mystery of season one. <laughs> really weak. I was, there were so many, I, I remember back then, 
like I said, not covering the MCU back then, back in 2013. Mm. Uh, there are so many theories about who the clairvoyant is. You know, <laughs> some say this is the some say the leader. Oh, you know, of the Incredible Hulk. There's that one theory, and now uh, and to a disappointing reveal, it was John Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> It was a dude who just had access to a lot of information. Yeah. Ah. A higher level than Coulson. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, um, well, speaking of John Garrett, he has a new superpower. And it sucks that Jaying and Gordon died in this episode. Because that means it's official. Well, not really official. The, mm. Shield team is now in an entirely different timeline, <laughs> right? Because with Giant yeah. dying, Daisy will not be born. So Daisy is like deep right now. <laughs> so either like this is the fun thing. It's like either that the the new character Korra, and for every time I hear the name, I keep thinking of Avatar. Uh, oh, yeah. She maybe she's just the new Quake in this timeline or something. It or Sunflare. I don't know what they're gonna call her, but it it's such a strange. I don't like Gordon dying was a huge moment. I like the kindness that we see from Colson, just that short him holding him. But at the same time, it's like Jai Ying pretty much survived so many things at this point. Yeah. She really did. I, I don't think she is. I don't know why she literally gets chopped up into pieces and thrown out the window. So why would breaking her neck literally kill her at this time? It, it's a weird thing. And, and I'm curious I mean, the timeline's fucked anyway. Like, it was fucked back and forth throughout yeah. the entire season. So Ever it doesn't Seuss's. really matter. Yeah, I love how Seuss is just like, does it really matter at this point? I'm like, yeah, actually, yeah. it doesn't. You know, I, I can't recall. How, how did Jia Ying die in season two? I think uh, Daisy snapped her spine, right? Yeah, she, she used her powers uh, before. I think she almost died, and she used her powers, and then cracked the back so pretty much she just collapsed we never got the you know she was technically dead because she yeah. also her abilities i think she overused them to some extent what's unique about this episode is that in the past few episodes we have uh character relationships being explored deacon mac may and yo-yo uh colson and daisy and now in this episode we explore the whole team now yeah and deke just doing whatever deke does yeah deke is that <laughs> listening to music not really. <laughs> well, he, he will uh, be in nice. the reunion, though. Also, the Deke Squad made another appearance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have that connection that they're in the S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy now. And speaking of that, you know, during the promo of, a, I, I think, Episode 2, Episode 3, we saw the Triskelion blowing up. And we haven't yeah. seen that yet. But now they have that uh, throwaway line about the Triskelion, which is not built yet during that time. I think mm -hmm. we're going to see that either in the season finale or next week because we see that you already saw in the next promo of the episode 11 that there are multiple ships now arriving in space through some yeah. vortex or something. And um, I have a pretty good reason to believe that Fitz is in there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't trust I don't know, because, show anymore. Because, I don't know why because... <laughs> because uh, Nathaniel Malik and Garrett went through space for a reason. And they brought Simmons along. And th their goal is to eliminate Fitz. Because Fitz is the only one, mm. uh, is the only common denominator that will stop them. And now we saw the Zephyr in front of these massive ships. And I think our theory 
in the several podcast episodes, past podcast episodes, that Fitz is in the mothership trying to uh, manipulate the timeline or something, trying to help the team from the inside. Kind of makes sense now based on that promo, but who knows? If, oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> if but we... then the question arises is like, what did Simmons see? Yeah. And I'm slowly getting the feeling that the Simmons we're meeting here is actually from the future. Because I, I feel like, yes, there is a good chance that Fitz is alive. But, like, there's so many elements that just don't make much sense at this point in the story. And I feel like that she might actually be the version that went through this journey already, but had to forget, but keep the memories of how the technology worked. Hmm, very interesting. Yeah, I can see that. And, and I have a feeling it's going to end badly. <laughs> yeah, it's going to end badly for Fitz or, or the team. I don't know because, you know, we haven't seen him. And at this point, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> I just don't, It has I just, to be the biggest twist ever or else this yeah, is Yeah, if you're going to show him, just show him. And I'm safe bet right now, Joe, right? It's a safe bet that mm-hmm. next week we'll see Fitz, right? In some form. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, that would be my guess as well. If yeah. he, like, I, I, I started to go crazy with theories. Like, okay, maybe he's a brain that's inside that time thing. <laughs> it's just, oh. he's always been with them the entire time. He's like an AI right now? Like, yeah, guys. or something. It's so weird. It's, like, he's one of the most biggest characters in this franchise. And, like, his relationship with Simmons defined for most people this season. But he's nowhere to be seen. <laughs> and Joe, Joe, what if Fitz is the time drive? <laughs> Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at this point, seriously. Yeah. Uh, whatever the case, you know, I hope that it will all be addressed in the next episode. And can't wait. Two more weeks. It'll be fun. Uh, it's a bittersweet feeling for me because I've been following the show ever since 2013. And I hope it lives up to the billing of the season finale being a satisfying ending based on Chloe Bennett's remarks. I love Age of S.H.I.E.L.D., and it's and it, I'm kind of sad, you know, because it's going to end in two weeks' mm-hmm. time. But I hope it. I really hope it lives up to the hype, and I can't wait to see Same. to see something surprise me, but not with a fit appearance. Mm-hmm. I know it's gonna appear, but surprise me another way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next, uh, and that's about it. That's that's wrap up. That's wrap it up on a uh, episode thirty of. The MC Exchange Podcast. Uh, please do follow me on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash Aaron Chino. That's A-E-R-O-N-C-H-I-N-O. That's, uh, you can tweet me all your actions and comments about this episode or your past episodes. You can also follow Joe on Twitter. You can find me at, at thatabel, T-H-A-T-A-B-E-R-L. You can also follow Charles on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at CFS Villanueva. Awesome. And also follow MC Exchange on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash MC Exchange. One last shout out to our listeners over at Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. 30 episodes, and we're just getting started. Yay! (laughs) Everyone stay safe. See you next time. Bye. Until next time. Bye.